Welcome to the Why Did I Get Cancer podcast. I'm Deborah Herlax Enos, a small town girl turned TV nutritionist and healthy living expert. I design health programs for the average guy or gal, including those average guys named Metallica. On September 1st, 2020, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I asked every oncologist the same question, why did I get cancer? But none of my doctors had good answers for me. I wanted answers and that's why I started this podcast. I wanna help you to lower your cancer risk and provide self-care tips for those in the battle. I'm getting answers and I wanna share them with you. What did I take away from today's episode? The importance of our thought life in conjunction with our health. We think tens of thousands of thoughts every minute of every day, many of them negative. What I learned from Chris today is what could happen inside of our bodies if we could change those thoughts from negative to positive. So I will say that the easiest thing for me was exercise and eating well. I mean, I'm a certified nutritionist. I used to be a personal trainer. So I'm doing all those things. My area of challenge was controlling my thought life. Can you speak a little bit to that runaway mind, that kind of doomsday of, you know, you get the phone call that you've tested, you know, positive for breast cancer, colon cancer, whatever it is. And you immediately go to, I'm either going to die or I have to get chemo. I'm going to lose two years of working. So if you could speak to a little bit about the toxic thought life. Yes. So we've just talked about the major things you, that every person should do to improve their health. And that includes, I should just say, breaking your bad habits. Like if you're smoking, you got to stop smoking. If you're drinking alcohol, you got to stop drinking. I mean, these are cancer causers, right? So identifying and breaking your bad habits is is critically important. But then once you've moved past the, okay, I've made the physical changes, I'm eating super healthy, I'm exercising, right? I've stopped my bad habits. Then you got to start doing the internal work. And this takes time, right? But the cool thing is, and this is what helped me is I realized when I changed my diet just within a week or two, right, of eating raw foods, it takes a little time. It takes a few days to a week or two to kind of get in the swing of things, to figure out what you like, to prepare meals differently. It doesn't take long. But once you get over that hump, I realized, and I think a lot of people do too, is you, you realize, wow, if I can do this, what else can I do? Because we get into ruts thinking like, I could never change. I could never do that. You like look at somebody, oh, I could never be as healthy as them. I could never exercise. You're just lying to yourself, right? It's a false belief. And so I realized, what else can I do? And so then I started working on my, my thoughts and my emotions because I was reading a lot of information about disease and health and, and wellness and your mind body connection is you know is is powerful and emotions stress can outweigh everything else you do right and this mean this i'm not saying don't eat healthy and don't exercise you got to right you got to if you are eating healthy and exercising and you're still struggling with disease you really need to look at your emotional life your mental emotional and spiritual life because here's here's how this works so many people i feel like don't understand stress it's not explained well. <laughs> Doctors don't understand it. They often dismiss it. But if every cancer patient I've ever asked, why do you think you have cancer? Why do you think you got cancer? Stress always comes out in the conversation. I've been really stressed lately. I've got you know, a lot of stress in my life. and it, it, it just comes right out. And people, it's not like somebody told them that's why. It's it, they're in their heart. They know there's 
pressure and stress that is affecting them. And so uh, let me try to explain it in a simple way. There's good stress and bad stress. Good stress is, is known as eustress, which is going to the gym, right? Stressing your muscles so they get stronger. That's great. But the bad stress is also known as distress, right? Distress, unhealthy stress. And unhealthy stress starts with negative thoughts. Negative thoughts produce negative emotions. And those negative emotions produce physical unhealth. They raise your stress hormones, adrenaline and cortisol. Those hormones are essential to survival and to health, but at elevated levels, they're actually destructive over time. So if you go through life in the state of chronic stress or distress, uh, people often think of distress like, oh, help, I'm stranded on a, you know, on a lifeboat. That's extreme distress, right? The negative thoughts and emotions are, are either based in the past, the present, or the future, and sometimes all three. So the negative emotions from the future, I'm going to go backwards, would be fear, worry, and anxiety. If you're thinking about what's going to happen if, if, like what if, what if, what if, if you're constantly what ifing your life and thinking about worst case scenarios, then you put yourself in a, in a cycle, mental cycle of fear, worry, and anxiety. And that raises your stress hormones and you stay stressed. Now, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Those hormones, adrenaline and cortisol, what they do to your body is when they are circulating at elevated levels, they're suppressing your immune function and promoting inflammation and interfering with your brain function. So you're not thinking clearly and rationally and interfering with digestion. So you're not you know, extracting as much nutrition from food as you normally would. And uh, chronic pain and chronic disease are always are connected to being in this state of fight or flight. That's when you're stressed. You're in a state of fight or flight. Your parasympathetic, excuse me, your sympathetic nervous system is dominant. Okay. People think they hear the word sympathetic and it sounds like it's a good thing, but it's not. They right. I I used to get confused with that too, and I think, oh, I want to be sympathetic. That sounds just so warm and fuzzy and all those things. But no, that is the high stress state where your body, you know, to go back to that example that most of us use is, you know, back in the caveman days, we're running from the saber tooth tiger. So every system in your body is high, high, high. Well, you can't maintain that for long. But in this world we live in right now, if you're watching too much news, you're running from that saber-toothed tiger all day long. Great example. Uh, and yeah, it's really a misnomer. I wish they would rename it, not call it your sympathetic nervous system because it's confusing to people. But anyway, parasympathetic is the opposite state of your nervous system, which is rest and digest. That's the healing state that you want to be in. You're either in fight or flight or you're in rest and digest. And so uh, it's important to understand, one, if you're constantly engaging in fear-based, anxiety-based, worry-based thinking, you've got to catch yourself doing it and you have to stop, right? You are in control of your thoughts. And th this type of thinking is just like a bad habit, right? If you bite your fingernails, that's a bad habit, right? And guess what? If you catch yourself in the act of biting your fingernails, you can, you can consciously stop yourself from doing it, right? Right. Same process. If you catch yourself worrying, you can be like, wait a second, 
I'm worrying right now about things I can't control mm-hmm. and I'm not going to do it. I'm just not going right. to worry about this. I'm right? making a choice. No, right. I'm, right. I'm choosing. It's even, you know, when you have cancer, I mean, the, the fear of suffering and death, I mean, it's it's really scary. And it's you're terrible. Yeah. And then, of course, when you go to the hospital for treatment or surgery or whatever it is, you're surrounded by people who are all feeling the same things. So it's contagious. That fear, anxiety, and worry, at least from in my experience, really became contagious as soon as I walked into the hospital. Fear is a virus. It is, it is it contagious. Is. And so what I had to do is I had to quickly learn to give my fears and worries to God. Anytime I would feel afraid, I would catch myself right in the moment, like, okay, I'm feeling the fear. I'm feeling the anxiety. And I, I would just stop and say, okay, God, I trust you. I'm giving you my fear. I'm laying it down, right? I trust you. You're in control. And show me what I need to do or show me what I need to change. And I'm just trusting you. And and then I would just pivot to thank you for X, Y, and Z. And so I would begin to practice gratitude in that moment. Say, thank you that I can see and hear that I, I'm not in the hospital, that my I have a wife who loves me, that I have um, food, that I have... Uh, a place to sleep, right? That I have enough money to pay my next set of bills. Thank you that you supply all of my needs, that you promise to never leave me or forsake me. And so I would just switch from fear to gratitude, right? And this is an actively choosing what to think and what to focus my my mind on. And that just changes your your mood in an instant. It and does. my my secret. But at the end of the day, too, it's just it's it takes no effort. It's easy. Or energy to believe the lie. It's so easy to believe the lie. And we have an enemy, the devil, who just is, he's here to kill, steal, and destroy. And whenever I start to go toward those thoughts of negativity and, you know, during the cancer battle of, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to do chemo. I'm going to, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to die. I don't, I would, I would begin to realize, oh my gosh, this is just the enemy bringing doubt and you have a choice every minute of the day of going with faith or fear, but you can't do both at the same time. Yeah, fear, uncertainty, doubt, worry, anxiety, mm-hmm. confusion. The truth is simple right. and lies are complicated. When you find yourself in a complicated right. sort of mess of lies or what you, maybe you don't realize they're lies, but a complicated sort of mess, uh, it's often because there's lies involved. There's mm-hmm. deception involved. There's misinformation involved. And so mm-hmm. I always gravitate towards simplicity. Uh, and I think that's, a, I talk about this in my my second book a lot, Beat Cancer Daily, which is a daily devotional. And it's about simplifying your life, focusing on gratitude, giving your fear to God and, and you know, walking through day by day. It's like, it's a 365 page book. So you read one page per day, inspiration, encouragement, and practical action steps to stay on the healthy path. That's the point. It's like health is a destination and you got to point your ship toward healthy island every day, right? It's like you're you're you know where you're going, where you want to go and every day you got to keep the ship pointed in that direction. And guess what? The storms can come, they can knock you off course, but you can right the ship. And so so anyway, my secret weapon, my secret gratitude weapon is anytime I get frustrated or anxious, or, you know, whatever. Yeah, people piss me off. It just happens, <laughs> right? And it's happening a lot these days for me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And we all have problems, right? Big ones and little ones. Problems just come in life. It's just part of life. But my secret weapon is, if I start to feel 
frustrated or angry or whatever. I just can stop in the moment and say, you know what? Right now, there's someone dying in the hospital who would give anything to trade places with you. That's it. I, just that one thought just will transform my attitude instantly, right? Instant trans, because I'm like, oh yeah, my wife's great. It's great. I have so much to be thankful for. I am blessed in so many ways. It will instantly and, change your perspective. Yeah. I mean, there are people that would, they would love to have my problems. They would, they would trade anything to have my problems. They'd pay to have your problems. So right. that, that was a practice that I, you know, I just started working on in 2004, right? Catching my thoughts, practicing gratitude, giving my fear and worry to God. Okay. So that's the future based, you know, negative thoughts. That's how you deal with that. The, the present based negative thoughts are typically, um, you know, like jealousy and envy, comparing yourself to others, pride, you know, just these sort of daily attitudes that we take on and thoughts that we let run through our mind where we think, oh my, their life is so much better. And, and, and that resentment kind of, it fosters resentment towards people when we think, oh, look at their car, look at their house, look at their vacation or whatever, like, uh, look at their success. And I was a very resentful person. I was very competitive, right? I was driven and competitive type A, and I, I was never happy for anyone else's success. I was always resentful and jealous of anyone else's, anyone else who I perceived as having some advantage to me, whether it was their looks or their... Yeah, they had, somehow they had more than you had. Yeah. And then that, it just fuels the fire probably. And so that was rooted in insecurity. Uh, So I was judgmental and critical and insecure and jealous and competitive and envious. You know, just all this stuff that uh, selfish, just, I had a lot of unhealthy thoughts and emotions and behavior as a result of those things. So I had to, again, look in the mirror be honest about how I was thinking, about what I believed, and start catching myself. Paul talks about in the New Testament, take every thought captive. And what that means is like, yeah, capture your thoughts. Now they call it mindfulness, right? But like, when you start thinking negatively, you got to catch yourself and be like, okay, I'm being critical right now. I'm going to choose not to be. I'm being judgmental. I'm going to choose not to be. I'm I'm feeling jealous of this person. You know what? I shouldn't be because I don't know anything about their life. Yeah, it seems like this aspect of their life is great, but the rest of their life might be a complete disaster. Exactly right. But but it sounds like what you do is when you feel that happening, you pause, you push the pause button and kind of examine it a little bit and say, hold on, Chris, what are you doing here? Right. Is that what you do? That's what you do. Yeah. But it's easy to let your mind race, right? Your mind starts racing with all right. these thoughts and judgments and da, da, da. It does. And so being able to catch that, that, again, these are just bad mental habits. We're going back to the third cause of stress and anxiety and probably the biggest. And most people are doing all these things, right? We're worrying about the future. We're, you know, insecure and we're- Oh, absolutely. Right. Their current situation is just, you know, taking over their thought life. The negative thoughts and emotions from your past are going to be bitterness, anger, resentment. And unforgiveness, which was my issue. And what I realized in my cancer journey is um, I sucked at forgiveness. (laughs) I'll just say it like that. And so what I did is I put people in jail. First of all, they never knew they were in jail. And secondly, when you put somebody in jail, somebody has to be the warden. And that was me. So I would, you know, Mm -hmm. march around my jail 
spending all this terribly negative energy, that wasn't helping me to prevent cancer or anything else in my life. Yeah, and holding on to bitterness and resentment toward people who have hurt you, your subconscious mind knows that there's unresolved, you know, unresolved conflict. That's what this is. And that unresolved conflict creates stress and it pr produces stress in your body. And what, what we end up doing, by the way, this is so important to understand is that whether you've got stress from your past or the present or the future, or you're just bouncing back and forth between all these states of stress, right? One minute you're pissed off about somebody in your past, the next minute you're jealous of somebody in your present, and the next minute you're worried about something in the future, right? You're just in this cycle. It's a hamster on a wheel. Then what yeah. do you do? Well, you will seek to uh, ameliorate that stress. You're going to find ways to medicate yourself. And I'm talking and I'm not talking about drugs, of course that is one way, but we medicate and relieve our stress with food, with drugs, yes, legal drugs. Just cuz they're legal doesn't mean you're they're good for you, okay? Uh illegal drugs um with uh with being a shopaholic with being a workaholic. Right, or binge watching Netflix and you're sedentary for 5 hours with binge watching, with uh, video games, with pornography, with, did I say gambling already? Uh, so all of these behaviors, oh, of course, cigarettes and alcohol, right? All of these behaviors are actually ways that we deal with stress. They're ways that we self-medicate and they're ways that we distract our conscious mind from our problems, right? If you keep your mind busy, then you don't have to think about your problems. But guess what? Your subconscious knows about your problems and your subconscious is like, we got this problem, we got this problem, we got this problem, we still got this problem, we got a problem. And so your stress is going to be elevated, right? Even if you're distracting yourself. So, uh, so this is really important. If you don't solve the problem, like I talked about earlier, if you don't actually fix the roof leak, right? Over time, the dripping will cause more damage, right? Just with time, it eventually will cause more damage. You can put a bucket under it, right? Every day, but, but something's going to happen one day and you're, you're going to forget to, to empty the bucket. It's going to overflow and ruin your floors. That's right. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? It's a band-aid. Or, yeah. or the sheetrock is right. going to get so saturated with water, right? That it, your entire ceiling is going to cave That's in. right. And it's going to sneak up on you. That's the other thing is because you've been doing this stop gap method for so long using the Band-Aid that you kind of forget that you had the problem. And then you get the phone call. You have stage three colon cancer. Right. Never un underestimate the amount of damage that can be done by a steady dripping of water. So true. Okay. So true. And this is how stress is, right? It, you may seem, oh, this is just a tiny little thing, right? This is this is not a big deal. This is just a tiny little thing. Well, that tiny little drip of water will literally cave your ceiling in, right? It will. If you, if you don't stop the drip. When you least expect it, it will. Yeah. So, okay, now we understand this. The reason that so many people have a hard time breaking their bad habits, quitting smoking, quitting drinking, uh, losing weight, is because that's their medication, right? They need that medication because they still have the pain. They still have the stress. And so you got to solve the stress and the pain problem. And when you solve that problem, then you don't need the medication anymore. And so the, the biggest, most powerful thing you can do to get yourself out of a state of stress is to forgive every person who has ever hurt you in life. And I, like you, 
was too prideful to forgive. So I would just cut people off, right? Or just get them out of my life or, um, you know, or just move on, right? I'm, I've moved on, but I haven't let go of the pain or the anger or the resentment. So forgiveness is a conscious decision. It is. And it's for you, not for them. That's correct. You forgive for you. Uh, and so the way to forgive, and by the way, I should mention, Jesus is, his whole ministry was about forgiveness. That's Absolutely. all Jesus talked about. Right. And no matter- Forgive them, they know not what they do. Right. This I is mean, what he said, uh, you know, whether you believe that Jesus is who he claimed to be, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, uh, don't let that not sure about Jesus uh, cloud the good advice that he gives us, right? Because mm -hmm, Jesus right. Christ gives good advice, right? <laughs> it's the <laughs> so, best advice, absolutely. <laughs> you know, his disciples said, uh, how many times should we forgive? And he said, 70 times seven, right? That's 490 That's right. times. Like, who's going to keep track of that? The point is, yeah. you keep forgiving. You uh, just he keep said, forgetting. if you don't forgive on earth, your heavenly father won't forgive you. That's right. That's pretty serious. That's, That's kind of scary. That's really powerful when we're talking about eternity. That yeah. is a very powerful statement. Right. You don't Which want to be means, standing you know, in front of your creator and right. him say, you're going to hell. You are not going to heaven. You are not going in because you for, you refuse to forgive this person who yeah. hurt you. Like, right. Okay, I'll forgive them, right? And by that time, it's right. too late. So, yeah, and again, forgiveness is for you. It and forgiveness doesn't mean you need to go have lunch and you know bring this person back into your inner circle but forgiveness is a, is about letting it go it is a conscious decision that you make it may take a while to get to your heart and that might that actually sometimes can never happen but again you do that for yourself not for them. And by forgiving somebody, it really stops the negative thought cycle. Yeah. And so the way to do it uh, is very simple. Like I said, it's a decision. So if you sit quietly, you think through your life and you let those painful memories come up, like you got to open the filing cabinet in your brain where the, where you have the painful memories. And and one by one, you go through them. And I, I would say, don't assume anything is insignificant, right? Even some little memory of some kid who was mean to you on the playground one time right? Like if that pops up, then just right in the moment say, okay, God, you know what they did. Uh, you know how I feel about it. They hurt my feelings. Like, you know, I, it still, it still bothers me if when I, as I think about it, but I'm choosing to forgive them and I'm letting it go and I'm giving it to you, right? They're all yours. You can deal with them however you want. I am letting go of this anger and resentment and forgive me for holding on to this for so long. Mm -hmm. And this is where taking every thought captive uh, plays into it and mindfulness because you made the decision to forgive, mm -hmm. right? And guess what? Tomorrow or, the, or a week from now or a month from now, you might be reminded of this person or this event and you might start to feel that resentment. Exactly And right. that's in that moment, you have to catch yourself and be like, no, I forgave them, right? Right. I forgave them. I'm not going to let this resentment stir up in my heart. Mm -hmm. If they do something new, forgive them for the new thing, right? That's you right. just keep forgiving. What I, this is what I call exercising your forgiveness muscle. Be quick to mm -hmm. forgive when people hurt you. And because if, if not, what happens is it's like every time someone hurts you, I've got lots of analogies I could use, but if every time someone hurts you, right, it's like they're putting a brick in your backpack. 
right? Mm. Right? And it weighs you down. And you think about all the times you've been injured or hurt, all you, you, you got bags, right? What do they call it? Baggage. <laughs> right? So true. A person who has baggage, what's in right. the bags, right? Right. All of right. their, all of the pain that has been inflicted on them, that they're carrying with them. And so forgiveness is the way that you literally dump the bag, right? It's like you slip your arms out of the backpack and you shrug it off and it drops on the ground and then you walk away from it. So the visual of the backpack is great because I also think about when I see little little kids with these, you know, 25-pound backpacks as they're walking to school, their posture's off, they're kind of limping, you know, just think about what that's doing to your body. So if this is a great visual, the other thing that really works for me is when I forgive somebody, I actually say it aloud. And I feel it's a lot more powerful than me just thinking, oh, I forgive my husband for blah, blah, blah. I forgive this friend for this. I say it aloud and it just feels more powerful and it feels like it kind of removes that negativity out of my thought life. I, I think it's a wonderful thing to do, saying it out loud. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, again, we've talked about a lot of stuff in this interview, but this this is the most powerful stuff. You, you know, you can do more. all the physical stuff and you should. But if you're yeah. not willing to forgive, for if to ask for forgiveness, you know, which helps remove uh, guilt and shame from your own yeah. mistakes, so you stop yeah. beating yourself really, up. Really uh, toxic emotions. Yeah. yeah, and if you forgive everyone who hurts you, it just frees you up. Like I said, yeah. you free yourself yeah. from the burden and the pain. And when you free yourself from the pain, you get yourself out of this state of constant distress and out of fight or flight, and into rest and digest, and into healing. Like, this is how you put your body into a, a into peace, right? That's what you want. You want peace, and you want to be at ease. Great. I love that. And I'll just ask a final um, question. Are you glad you got cancer? <laughs> I, you know, I'm not glad I got it, but I'm so thankful and glad that God used it in a way to make my life better. And I think there's a huge, there's two things that I want to say about this. One is that Romans 8, 28 says, God works all things for the good of those who love him. That's my favorite scripture. And who are called according mm -hmm. to his purpose. And so he worked it for my good. And that's what I'm happy about, right? That he worked it for my good. And my life is so much, is so much better as a result of cancer. So, but, you know, if I had to do it all over again, gosh, it was a really tough season of my life, you know, but I'm so glad I went through it because it changed me in every way and it changed me for the better and dwell on the past and think, oh, my life was so much better before cancer. Now it's, my life is over. My life, everything's terrible now. And th those are normal feelings, right? Like, I just wish I could go back before cancer. And, I, and my encouragement is, Believe that your life is going to be better after cancer than it was before, right? It will be better than it was, not worse. Yeah, it's a tough season, and you have to deal with fear and and change your life and do some hard things. But all those hard things are going to produce a, an incredible harvest, right, of good stuff in your life. So, you know... I guess, and this is the final answer to your very one of your very first questions is was like, you know, this changing my profession. 
uh, it, about se- almost seven years after my diagnosis, I started ChrisBeatCancer.com just to share my story. And I thought maybe it'd be encouraging to people out there. And and yeah, and it slowly so- started to grow. And in 2015, which is five years after I started it, uh, it just sort of took over my life. So, and then in 2018, I wrote my first book. And of course, I've written a couple since then. And yeah, so it, it eventually did change my profession. But, uh, you know, 15 years after my diagnosis, I wrote my first book. So it was a slow process of taking over my life as a patient advocate and, and survivor and just full-time health and wellness advocate. Right. And millions of people go to your site every year. So again, that impact of passing along, you, you turned your, your pain into purpose. Yeah, and I'm grateful for it. So thank you, Chris. I am so excited to uh, order your new book coming out November November 16th, you said? Yeah. On Amazon. So I'm going to pre-order that. And thank you again for being such an amazing guest on Why Did I Get Cancer? And um, I'm going to continue to follow your journey. And uh, thank you for being such a source of inspiration for millions, but also really for me. Thank you so much. Well, it's been a pleasure, Deborah. Great to connect with you. This has been really fun. One of the things I didn't expect with cancer treatment is that I was just running hot all the time. I think my body was just so full of chemicals and I was so stressed all the time that I ended up having a lot of hot flashes. And I just, and they usually came at night. So I would just be so warm, couldn't sleep. I wish I would have found this product, Chili Sleep, back when I was battling cancer. So Chili Sleep is a kind of a upgraded mattress pad that has coils in it with water. You set the temperature of what you want the water to be. So I can have an app on my phone and do it, or I can just use it on the unit itself. And I sleep so comfortably now, I never get too hot at night. I set my chilly sleep to 68 degrees, and I can sleep through the whole night without having one night sweat. If you want to get one of these great products, use the code ENOS20 at Chili Sleep. Thank you for joining me today on the Why Did I Get Cancer podcast. I've got my shopping guide for all of my cancer self-care items in the show notes, along with information about today's guest and our show sponsors. And don't forget to subscribe to my podcast so you never miss an episode. Keep in mind, I'm not a doctor. I'm just a gal that got diagnosed with cancer and wanted answers. If you need medical advice, please be sure to consult with a medical professional. And thank you for listening.